Welcome to episode 395 of the Doctor of Age, the Doctor Who podcast. My name is David, and I'm here with my wife, Jenna. Hello. Today we're going to talk about the second episode of The Creature from the Pit. I was saying that was the easier title to be ominous about because you have Creature and Pit. Yeah. So, pretty good title, at least for that. Um, so, we see the reprise of the scene with the Doctor. Uh, heads down the pit and then Romana steps over to after and is calling doctor, doctor and she can see that he's hanging by a very, very thin ledge kind of out of the way and um, so she sees him and then she tries to tell you know, Lady Adrasta that, oh, she should go down there and check on him she should, you know, let her go down there and the lady won't let her. She says, no, I think I need to keep you. You're valuable. You think you know too much that will help me. Now, did you catch the book that the doctor was trying to read as he's holding on to the, like, mm-hmm. you know, fingernail? What book was it? How to Learn to How to Speak Tibet. Oh, I thought there was a book before that. Oh, I don't know what that book was. It okay. must have been, like, Edmund Hillary's Diary or something. Oh, okay. How to Scale... Something like that, but it was written in Tibet. Yeah, he said, I noticed the book he has, he's trying to read, says, oh, it's in Tibetan. So the next book he's got is Teach Yourself Tibetan, um, which he tries to do, and there's kind of this little scene where he's trying to hold on and read, and then read this other book, Um, and then he's he's trying to kind of climb his way up. The... uh, now I wasn't sure if the if Lady Adrasta sees him, but she like looks down the pit and addresses to the doctor like, "See what you've gotten yourself into, doctor's pity." Um, but since she's not, you know, but I have Romana to help me, and she kind of scoffs and she kicks some dirt from the edge, and it goes down the pit and kind of knocks the doctor off kilter and um, his rig that he's set up to keep himself out of sight breaks down and he, he falls down into the pit. He then starts searching for Doran. I, I picked the wrong of one of the engineers she'd mentioned last time. I thought it was Toland, but it was Doran, the other one that had managed to get thrown down the pit. And the doctor finds him and he's dead it looks like dead by fright so he continues uh, searching around like strikes a match to give himself some light here's growling off in the distance so Romana has been taken off with uh, Lady Adrasta she's also ordered that the canine be brought she then asks um, Romana asks more about this creature that's in the pit and she's what is it? And she says, well, we just call it the creature. We don't, you know, know. And Romana wants the um, Adrasta to try and save the doctor. And she said, no, I'm not going. He climbed down on, or he went down the pit on his own. Um, and won't hear of anything that Romana has to say about it. And then as Romana's standing close to her, she strikes Romana, like slaps her in the face, and, and says, Now, 
um, you will tell me about what you know about this egg, he'll say. She keeps asking about that, the mom kept asking about the doctor, and so she slaps her and keeps asking and asks again, you will tell me about this egg. And they tell, she tells them to bring in canine, and he's like wrapped in like a cobwebby type material, and she says that she's going to break him apart because he's all metal, and metal is a valuable commodity on this planet. So the doctor is searching by matchlight. You see a green blobby thing move towards him as he he turns to the side there's a man standing next to him and he puts his finger up to shush to the doctor Romana tells uh, Lady Agrasta to stop what they're trying to do by breaking apart canine because the information that she seeks is in the memory banks of the computer um, so Adras says, well, then I don't need you or the doctor then. She says, no, you, I'm, we need to be able, we can access his memory bank, so you need to, you need all of us, essentially. We learn that Organon is the man who has saved the doctor, and he takes him back to where he hangs out, where he hides out in the caverns, and uh, he says he is an astrologer, a famed astrologer, that he was thrown down the pits after an unfortunate prophecy concerning a lady of Rasta, which the doctor guesses. And yes, he says he, she's a difficult woman, he says. And uh, he had foretold this uh, to Adrasta that she would get visitors from beyond the stars. And he reenacts as how he delivered it with much flourish and um, appropriate hand signals and trying to summarily impressed the doctor um, to he asked the doctor are you of the, that craft how did you get thrown down here did you you know cause her dis some displeasure and uh, the doctor says oh no I, I came down here and leaves it at that and then he asks how Organon manages to survive as well by scraps they throw down probably towards a beast towards a creature The bandits, um, Torben, is mostly the elder, is discussing with his group that he thinks they have to move now. Um, says that the Lady Adrasta's people have been wanting to and are probably going to be coming to clean them out, take all the treasure that they've stolen from others, and that what better time for them to do that. So Torben says that he formulates a plan and present it says that well her guards are going to be here um, going through all of our stuff and trying to find us so the palace is not going to be as heavily guarded as it usually is and you know how much stuff she has how much metal which you know is the, all the riches within the palace that it is our time we should go and loot the palace Organa and Tells the doctor how Adrasta happens to just own, just happens to own the only mine on the planet, and has a monopoly of metal. And the doctor is very interested in this. 
And then he asks more about the creature. It's like, you know, is there only one creature down there? And the noise it makes, is it growling or singing or is it crying? Is it crying out to something else, another creature? And as they're wondering about this, they look and see that, and it's coming their way. Ramana is working on K9, getting him situated more and to charge up and revitalize. And she whispers to him as uh, Lady Adrasta and Madame Carilla are saying, they want to, want to see this machine. How does it work? Give her in a demonstration. She asks K9 if he has enough power to um, stun the guards. But K9 says it's not likely he doesn't has, have his mobility back either. But she kisses him enough and picks him up and, and says, Oh, come, come here and I'll show you. And as the two women come into range, she says, Now, canine, and tells him to stun. And he shoots, and the, the two women jump out of the way. His blaster hits one of the guards, but um, before Romana can make much of a, a break for it, another guard seizes her and puts a knife to her throat and Adrasta actually threatens K-9 with her, his mistress's death. He says, you get one more trick like that from you, little tin dog, and I will have, she will have her throat cut. So the creature gets closer and closer in this big glowing green appendage comes out towards them as they flatten themselves against the wall. Um, they are, it's feeling its way and Organon takes the candle in a skull holder he has and lifts it over underneath the arm that's coming towards them and it's enough heat that it, the candle uh, burns it a bit and it, it uh, pulls back and goes away. So the doctor asks Organon if he noticed the, the covering of the creature. Says it's the skin. He said it was like a covering of a brain, a cerebral um, membrane. And uh, he takes the candle from Organon and says, well, there's only one thing to do is to go back and find it and track it down. And he takes the candle and goes. And Organon comes to the conclusion says, I can think of like 12 good reasons not to go track it down and talks to himself, but then seems like he doesn't want to be by himself anymore and is kind of afraid to be on his own. And so he ends up following after the doctor and he says, well, I thought you weren't coming. So the doctor wonders how this creature, which appears to be a huge brain, got there, how it got down into the mines of the pit, and could it be from beyond the stars, or, you know, where could it be from? So Lady Adrasa now has a canine under duress and asks him various questions and asks him about the TARDIS and what it is, what it does, and says to Madame Carella that 
or we could go anywhere in time and space and you know it's like Krella saying oh we go to this planet which have all the metal we could ever wish for and this and that and um <clears throat> but she don't know how to even operate it and she went and Adrasta says well but she does and points to Romana Romana can operate and uh, she's too bad the doctor is gone and Krell says well do you think he's really dead she says I could go check I could have a, there's a, like a back door into the pit I could take some guards with me Adrasta says no you'll take guards with you and you'll also take K9 and pretty much we'll all go The doctor and the organon have uh, go on and on through the the tunnels of off of the pit where where there was this mine. They get closer. Lady Adrasta's party um, get closer and closer from their their entrance to the pit. She tells the uh, guard to take a few men and go ahead and scout out Dr. Morgan asks, you know, well, what are you going to do when you catch up to it? It's like, I don't know. Um, and just then they, they walk up and they find it. They get closer and they see that the two guards have gotten up to it and the guards start approach it and then uh, fire the weapons on it as they back away. Doctor walks up to this huge glowing green slimy looking thing and just says hello. In response a um, appendage, a feeler, a blunted feeler anyway, um, knocks the doctor down and starts to cover him, envelop him. And we end. Ugh. Yeah, this one is a little difficult. And, uh, it's especially hard when you have the baddie who... alternates between basically not trying to, trying not to say anything about her plan uh-huh to screaming at all of her associates yeah and still not really saying anything yeah there's no character development in that there's it's just uh loud and obnoxious yeah and uh, maybe I missed something in that her exchange with Romana, but it seemed, you know, uncalled for to slap her to me. Mm. Yeah. And they've gone to such trouble to show her with the mirror, and she's holding it just so, and then it's because the scene comes up where they shoot over her shoulder, essentially showing her looking away from the camera into the mirror, holding the mirror out, and then we see the reflection of her face in the mirror, which was nice enough. It was nice, but it was pointless. I don't yeah. understand what what reality you would be in that you would actually do that. Yeah. 
she just had to check her makeup while she's berating Romana and wanting to know about this egg and she keeps asking the same questions. Mm-hmm. What do you know about this egg? What do you know about this egg? What do you know about the... <clears throat> hey, you know this egg? What do you know about it? I don't know anything. Oh, what do you know about this? It's like a bad management style. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to keep asking the same question, just a different, slightly different way. You're still going to get the same answer. Although you're hopeful you're not. Um, silly. That's um, the definition of crazy. <laughs> And, um, yeah, so that part just really kind of bothered me. Uh, and then it seemed, (laughs) well, maybe she just had enough, actually, between having these two visitors. One, in the last episode, the doctor was brought to her to question, and she asked the question, he wants to know about Romana, his friend is missing. He, she asks the question again. He wants to know about Ramana. So they're, they're focused on, she's focused on the same thing. He's focused on what he's interested in, of course. In this case, again, she's asking the same questions. What is this egg? What is this creep, this thing? You see, you guys seem to know about it. And Ramana is concerned only with, you know, well, but the doctor might be down there. And can we, you know try to save the doctor and so she's got maybe she just had it with one just avoiding the questions each of them avoiding her questions and each of them just wanting to know about the other <laughs> and she just snaps <laughs> it's a bad day for Lady Adasta yeah maybe this is the the frustration that the organon foretold in his uh, prophecy of visitors beyond the stars. He didn't mention that they'd be difficult visitors from beyond the stars. <laughs> Why he got thrown in the pit. Um, so yeah, that was, I didn't really like that part very much. It's, uh, it's kind of, and the doctor in the pit meeting this astrologer who had been punished is similar to, I think, um, in Rebo's operation where Unstop goes to hide in the concourse of the unwanted and the poor and everything. People have been cast aside and meets Benro the heretic who, you know, is stuck down there and was made fun of and, you know, kind of punished in his life too. It's interesting. Similar. Instead of uh, catacombs beneath the city, doctors in the, uh, channels of the mine, the only mine on the planet that Adrasta owns. Uh, we do find out a little bit more information that, like, he said she has a monopoly of metal. Uh, Organa mentions how the fact that they have no surplus of metal means no, no tool making or tool work and it's a, a stunt to civilization. I think it was a a very weak idea that Ramana has to try to strike out and escape by trying to just fix K-9 to a certain point where he could try to blast somebody. There's more than one guard there, you know. Mm -hmm. 
I feel like we had power enough for one. But she wasn't gonna be able to blast her way out. One thing I forgot to say about the um, the costuming last time. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a Lady Adrasta looks and all. Is it just me, or does she look a lot like Queen Amidala? Oh, in yeah, episode kinda. In episode one. With the kind of fabric uh, headdress thing and the um, breeches and the longer coat and the ba- even the waist... Uh, decoration and stuff. She she makes me think a lot of of the costumes that we see for uh, the queen and her more active costumes. Mm-hmm. Not the very ornate state ones, but when you know, like her travel travel wear, <laughs> the boots and all, you know. And then she even has a you know kind of powdered face with the you know the dot. Queen had, but mm-hmm. there's still some similarity there too, I think. Yeah, I didn't. It didn't occur to me until you mentioned it. Yeah. It was when we first, when we saw them again in the beginning of this. Just like, oh, that reminds me of episode one. So, should we talk about? The, the the big green elephant in the room kind uh, of thing. Before we get to that, <laughs> to I do want to mention the, the engineer who was the first one down the pit. Uh huh. That was uh, the stunt man that they've used so much, Terry Walsh. Terry Walsh. And this is the last episode he does. Uh, I thought that's what I said. I saw in the the notes from last time. Mm-hmm. I had forgot to mention that it, one of the engineers was Terry Walsh. Yeah, I, I somehow mixed up which, who was who mm-hmm. when they were talking, and I thought it was Toland that Toland that was thrown down the pit, but apparently he was Doran. Was his character's name? But yeah. yeah. And we've seen him play other parts, not just stunt parts, but not really seen his face so much. Right. So it's like, okay, I had no idea what he looked like, <laughs> and he actually has some lines. Not great ones. I did. They did mention that, you know, he's not. He's a gifted stunt person, but not the best actor. <laughs> but I think he did a fine enough job for the mm-hmm. small um, part that he had playing yeah. one of the engineers. And then the Doran, who is you know, scared to death in the pit by this creature. Yes, we hear the saw the name Terry Walsh quite often in the production notes as we watch. So. Yeah, so now I guess we can get to the big green the creature that scared us. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. One of the worst so far. Yeah. Um I was saying it was like a for me, it struck me as a cross between the, the ugly, slimy green maggots that from the Green Death mm-hmm. and the Axon from uh, the Third Doctor, also from the Third Doctor, where it was just the guy under the painted tarp. It's like, seriously? Except much, much bigger. 
supposedly much, much bigger. And then, not just a blob, but they had to add these, what'd you call them? <laughs> the, the feeler type, the, the blunted arms almost that it had. I can't tell you what I called it. I forget. Maybe it's not worth repeating, probably. They're just terrible. I could. That's the most. That's the kindest way to describe them. Is that it was kind of an, not really an arm, or a feeler, but some type of an appendage that just like rounded off at the, like, just from the elbow up. You know, for an arm and, and rounded and and just sticking out in a weird places. It's weird. It's, it's really bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. And even the note said they they saw it, the, the producer and the director, and thought, oh, God, we have to redo this, but they didn't have time or budget. I'm thinking, okay, but you, you didn't, so you didn't have the money to start with? And you knew that. So why were you surprised at how bad it was? You know, you knew somebody was doing that. I mean, h- how did they think that was going to be okay? <laughs> yeah. Did they just wait till the last minute when they knew there wasn't any money and threw something together? No, I think they were just trying for the non-humanoid creature. Yeah. And that's the best thing they thought they could come up with. It had to be big and menacing. Yeah, I I'm not sure that's what it was, but that's what they were trying for. Yeah, they got the big part down. Mm-hmm. And green. Sure. And slimy. Okay. And glowy, like kind of a phosphorescent. And possibly blind. You know, it's down in the dark. It mm-hmm. kind of f- uses the little stubby feelers to, to try to find, you know, food or other thing. Because when it comes up to the doctor and Organon, it's like it doesn't see him, but is reaching out to try to, it's like, I think there's something over there. But it's like you could sense it and tries to reach out for him. And that's when Organon, you know, puts a candle flame close enough to it to say, hey, back away. And it does. But if it had been able to see him, would have just gone right to him. Which I guess could lend to the doctor's theory that it's a huge brain. So I guess maybe those are, maybe the stubby feelers are like uh, blunted optic nerves. And yeah, it doesn't have eyes. Huh? I don't know what they're supposed to be. Again, trying to explain in too much to it is not a good sign. If I'm having to figure this out on my own, that's not good. Try to explain it away and figure it out. So. Okay, I'll just say enough said with the creature says that it's terrible. Yes. Big and terrible. 
we have any other comments? I don't think so. A creature is a big one. Yeah. Alan Adrasta. Yeah, she's um She's just bipolar. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think of a better a nicer way to say it, but I don't know why. She's a villain in it, so she, yeah, she could be bipolar. Mercurial mm-hmm. would be a nice way to say it, but we don't need to say anything nice about her yet. No. At this point. Mean too. Mercurial and mean. Mm hmm. Boy, you have a difference of scientific opinion. You go down the pit, man. (laughs) Poor engineer. Poor Terry Walsh. (laughs) So, uh, ending? Okay. So, Doctors being smothered? Yeah, pretty much. I, the only part that I thought was kind of funny, kind of good, was that the doctor just walks up to it, is very curious about it, and he says, hello. <laughs> <laughs> or hello there. And um, talks to it. Yeah. And then it gets like, bam. <laughs> it smashes, not really smashes him as much as kind of just pushes him over. And then, boo, you know, flops over him. Um, I'm sure that's supposed to be a little more threatening than it looks. Like, knocking him down and... Yeah, but for all we know, it's really like a dog licking your face. Yeah. <laughs> it knocked him down to get to his face so it could kiss him. Yeah, the, the really huge dog that thinks he's a lap dog and yep. just, you know, stands up against you, knocks you over. And like, I love you. Um, yeah, and we we don't hear a big response from the doctor, even before he's covered by the, the feeler detector. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we we don't know. I'm I'm thinking it's closer to that as a good point than it trying to eat him or kill him or something like that because um, I think it's just curious to end this. He's probably the first person who's actually talked to it. Mm, yeah. Could be. Who recognizes it, it can probably understand. Maybe. On some level. If it is a really giant brain. Giant brain brain. Yeah. So. It's less of a, you know, is the doctor going to be killed by the, the creature from the pit than... Um, I wonder if it understood the doctor. I wonder if it's just trying to communicate back with him. So, eh, it's yeah. all right. I don't know if there's a, there was not a better place before that. I don't think to um, to end. Mm-mm. So it might as well have been right there. Yeah, it's fine. Not that great, but it's not that bad either. So, adequate. Yes, adequate for a second episode. Mm-hmm. I did want to make one more comment. Mm. 
the bit with the book at the beginning really frustrates me. It's just a little too slapstick. Yeah. I saw and ridiculous. comments about that that even the, I think even the director thought that it was a little too... Well, and even Douglas Adams later decided, yeah, it probably went a little too far. Yeah, and so the... Boy, if he says that... That's something. Yeah. Anything else? No. All right. Well, join us on Monday when we will be talking about episode three of The Creature from the Pit. <laughs> so I hope you join us then and thank you for listening. <laughs>